Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif, executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, we are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseyo. In Russia, Zdrastusye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, in France, bonjour, in Spain, hola, in Italy, ciao, in Egypt, in Ghana, akwaba, in Nigeria, peleo, in South Africa, saubona, in Senegal, nangade, in Kenya, jambo, in Israel, shalom, in Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, Assalamu alaikum. Greetings and may peace be upon you all. You know, and we see this quite often. This is not something that we are not familiar with because we are. We hear about it all the time. But before we get started, if there's any mothers out there that are heavy laden burden, if there's any mothers that not, that within the sound of my voice that you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it, I don't know if I can go on, um, my life is chaos, I'm, I'm falling apart by the moment, I just want to let you know to take a deep breath, take a few, acknowledge your breath and not your issue. Just acknowledge your breath and not your issue, just for a moment, just for a moment. Just breathe, breathe, because you're not breathing. You're hurting, you're in pain. Just breathe, that's all. If you'll do nothing else, just breathe. Don't think about anything. Don't don't worry about the bills. Don't worry about the husband, the, the children, none of that. Just breathe. When you're 
you get to that point when you're just breathing, you're giving yourself what you need right there in your moment. And I know it's the hardest thing for some people to do is to acknowledge the breath. Because, again, everything else seems like it's all over the place. It's totally chaotic, and you're losing your grip. But once you just allow yourself just acknowledge your breath, that's when everything starts to change. You may be in the lowest parts of your life right now, but if you just take a moment and just listen and not turn away and just allow yourself, again, to acknowledge the breath. Because the breath is all you have right now, isn't it? It's all that matters. That's it. Whatever is outside of you that's taking or manipulating or destroying or whatever you say is doing to you, if you just acknowledge the breath, a lot of those things will cease. And when I say they cease, I'm talking about cease inside of you. I'm not talking about outside of you. Inside. Inside. Because your goal is to gravitate some type of peace to your mind. Just right now. Just for this moment. That's all. Just for this moment. And if you can allow yourself just to be peaceful, take this thing called what is called a power of pause. I'm pausing for my victory. I'm pausing for my peace. I'm pausing for my freedom. My freedom. It's yours. But you got to take the time to do it. You have to take the time for yourself in the midst of the chaos. So we're going to go ahead and get started. I see my co-host in the backdrop there. I'm going to go ahead and log her on. There you go. Yes. How are you? Greetings. Grand Grand Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. A pleasure having with you with me all. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. As I was telling our listeners and viewers that this uh topic is very dear to me. Mm. It's very close to my heart. Wow. Uh, because of the the extenuation circumstances. Mm. You know, um, I've I've been reading lately about a lot of cases where women have taken the lives of their children, and sometimes it's attributed to postpartum depression, and sometimes people just can't figure out what happened. You know, perhaps the relationship that ended, uh, extreme emotional distress. But, you know, things don't just happen out of nowhere. What happens is that we don't see the signs when there is emotional distress. And so when it happens, people are shocked because they didn't see signs that something was out of balance, something was not right. And, And then... As with any death, and, and often these are 
I think when you termed it murder side, well, you 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 kill everybody else, then you kill yourself. You know, suicide after yes. you killed everybody. Uh, there's there's what happens after a person commits suicide that was close to you. Feelings of guilt, like maybe I should have said something, maybe I should have done something. You have all these people that are feeling the after effects of a person's decision, and because that person is gone, there's no way to get any answers. Right, right. Um, I just want to say that anytime a murder or suicide, uh, any of that, they leave huge holes in people. They don't answer questions. Yeah. You may know some of what you think. You know, there was uh, a recent, and I'm going to refer to one particular case, um, Naima, that just recently happened. Um, and this particular case, I actually posted on uh, Facebook because, I mean, this is not the first time this has happened. It's just mm-hmm. this particular one that's really hit me. You know, it, it was a mother that uh, actually she she took a lot of thought into this. Wow. Um, and she literally, she did something, it's still under investigation of how the twins died. She had the twins, they were five years old, they were paternal, uh, you know, uh, they was a boy and a girl. So the children were found in their, in the home, in their beds. No, no blood trauma, no trauma was present at all, but they were deceased in their beds. And uh, the mother then left the home went to a bridge and she dived off into the lake. Wow. wow. And she drowned. Wow. So that that's somebody that has uh, the family despair and just decided to end it all for herself and everybody else. Yeah. And and it's again, there's a lot of patterns like this. Uh I mean, we could, like you said, blame it on different things. Um, we could um, try to rationalize it. We could do, you know, a, a lot of pondering, as one would say. I just want to give you some statistics before I go back to that case. Mm. And this is... Uh, Uh, when a young child is murdered, the most frequent perpetrator is a victim's parent or step-parent. Wow. Wow. Rates of infanticide parallel suicide rates rather than murder rates. The risk of being in a homicide victim is the highest during the first year of life. Wow. Wow. Though the U.S. has the highest rates of child homicides, 8.0 out of 100,000. Wow. For infants. Ooh. Wow. 2.5 out of 100,000 for preschool-age children. 
1.5 out of 100,000 for school-aged children. The problem of child homicide transcends national boundaries. These rates of child murder are probably underestimated due to inaccurate coroner rulings and some bodies never being discovered. Wow. Wow. So, maternal filicide is what I'm talking about today. See, nationally, nationally, this has been an epidemic for a very long time. Mm. So what I did was I went back from 2020. I didn't go all the way back there because we know even in the biblical days, children were being murdered, okay? Infants within, from infants up to toddler ages. So for the sake of understanding, I started from 2020 and did my research there, and that's what I came up with. They Mm. based it upon out of 100,000, and those numbers are scary. Where we, where we as a nation rate right there. And you say uh, America has the highest? The U.S. has the highest rates of child homicide. Yes. Wow. wow. We rate eight out of 100,000. Wow. That says a lot. That that says a lot. I mean, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, the 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 industrialization of the nation or income, any of those things. You know, all these things that we think matters. And if America is the highest when it comes to infanticide or or or, or uh, you know child killing. We have to look at our mental health state. That means we have some, we have the worst state of mental health in a society that's supposed to be so prosperous than anybody else in the world. So what really does create emotional well-being? Obviously, it's not the so-called affluence by these standards where, where you have a lot of things, because that's... <laughs> America has probably more things than any other nation, but look at the look at the outcome, look at the culture, look at look at the behavior. That says a lot. The, these rates were when I started looking at this Naima, I tears just formed out of my eyes and I said, Oh my god, our children don't even have a chance. Wow, they don't. And then I went a little further. I went to the area again as I, my topic today is maternal filicide. Now, the thing about this is this is all homicide in itself. Mm. Um, But I I want people to get a good understanding of what maternal filicide is. It's defined as a child murderer by the mother. Wow. Okay. Emphasize is a child murder in the first year of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the term neocide, 
neonatocide, excuse me, was coined by Resnick, which is adopted to describe murder of an infant within the first 24 hours of life. Oh, wow. Wow. This is still being done by the mother. Wow. So within the first 24 hours of life, which is once that baby is born, within the first 24 hours she is taking for she's taking that child's life at some point, whether she dumps it in a dumpster, whether she leaves it in a plastic bag, whether she takes it by her own hands. It's wow. happening. The ages of this, because we know women or young girls can have a child as early as 12 years old. What do the statistics say about the ages of these mothers who take the lives of their children? Uh, they range between the ages of 13 all the way up to 45. Wow. Um, almost all neonatal sides are committed by mothers and are often young unmarried women with unwanted pregnancies who receive no parental care. Mm. No parental care, no prenatal care, because they are hiding the pregnancy. So they're basically by themselves. Now, that's the first one. Yes, that's the first one. That's not the ones who, who already had the children and come up with the plan to take the children's life. This is when this, like I said, a young mother, mm-hmm. as early as 13 years old, mm. but has been hiding the pregnancy due to fear of if the, you know, parents the parent finds out. Found out. Yeah. Wow. So they kill the child rather than face whatever horrible right. reaction their parents would have and finding out they were pregnant. Right. So we dive a little more deeper into this, and this is according to, again, a publisher of uh, PubMed Central, um, and the individual doing this, his last, their last name is Resnick. Uh, they said they reviewed the world psychiatric literature on maternal filicide, found filicide mothers who have frequently frequent depression, psychosis, prior mental health treatment, and suicidal thoughts. Maternal filicide perpetrators have five major motives. Listen to this. In an altruistic filicide, a mother kills her child out of love. She believes death will be in the child's best interest. For example, a suicide mother may not wish to leave her motherless children to face an intolerable world, or a psychiatric mother may believe that she is saving her child from a fate worse than death. Mm. In an acutely psychotic suicide, and this is a whole different one, okay, the psychotic of a delirious mother kills her child without any comprehension of motives. Mm. 
any kind. For example, a mother may follow a command hallucination. Wow. To kill. Now, what a command hallucination is that she hears a voice in her head that says, kill your children, right? Kill mm-hmm. your child this way, that way. And then she then actually carries this out. Mm. I know our topic is, is not one of those real smooth. Uh, and, uh, but we got to face it. We have the to nation. Yeah. Yeah, we have to. We 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 because this is it's, it's an epidemic and it's just like no one's saying anything. Yeah. No one's doing anything. I actually have talked to patients that were going through some of these things at some point. And, you know, finding out the rationale, which I'm going to go into a little moment here, of what a person, a patient had to say when asked the question, what was you thinking? Mm. Okay. I want to finish this up. When fatal maltreatment filicide, it's called fatal maltreatment filicide, occurs. Death is usually not the anticipated outcome. It's result from a cumulative child abuse neglect. It's called a Munchausen syndrome by proxy. In an unwanted child filicide, a mother thinks of her child as a hindrance. The most rare spouse revenge filicide occurs when a mother kills her child especially to emotional harm that is the child's father. Wow. So she takes her child's life to hurt the father. Wow. Oh. These are are all the reasons why this would be happening. Now, this is not even dealing with the factors. This is just deal this is the this these are the different types of homicides, which is called filicides, you know, that a mother would go through or experience. Now I, I know I know that <laughs> I can I can hear the thoughts of some of the people listening to this. I know a lot of people have very strong views about abortion and you know, there's a long battle for it to be legal, and then there's battles for it to not be legal. But are there any statistics that show, I guess, the correlation between if there's an unwanted pregnancy Mm -hmm. and a mother is not able to terminate the pregnancy before birth or before the deadline of whatever, three months, and then the child is born, and the pregnancy was unwanted but not able to be terminated. Are there any studies or statistics that show that the mother would still end up ending the child's life after it's born? And and what are what are the studies showing about that? If, according to these studies, <clears throat> If the mother is under any major life stressors, the answer to that question is yes. If she's under any major life stressors, such as 
again, if we go back to the youth, if she's young and she's afraid um, and she says she's going to have the baby, not knowing who to call or who to talk to, but constantly hiding the child. Mm-hmm. Now, re- remember, if she's not telling anyone, then no one's giving her any other options of, well, maybe you need to, uh, you know, have an abortion or, or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. But if she's hiding it, she's not her in her mind. Yeah. That's what she's doing. She, she's not mm-hmm. thinking what's of the health of the baby. Right. She's too consumed about what's going to happen if someone finds out right. that she's pregnant. That she's so she hides it. She may put on bigger clothes. Mm-hmm. She may... um you know, to to conceal the pregnancy. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So when she does have the child, because the baby will come, okay, you're going to carry a baby to term, whether the baby, you go to prenatal visits or not. Right, the baby's going to The baby's going still going to come to term, yeah. right? right? Unless you have a stillborn or something goes wrong, God forbid, that's inside of you, and you still don't know what to do, which is also something that some individuals also go through. Wow. Right? But if the baby the baby comes to term, then the baby has to be born, right? So she has to hide this. She may go in a stall in, in a gas station. She may go wherever, give birth mm-hmm. to the baby, not looking at this as an innocent child. Now, I'm thinking she's going to go through some kind of emotions. Now, I mean, it's only human yes. to go through something. You're going to something, rather fear, hurt, pain, yeah. you're going to go through something at that moment when you see this, this baby. Panic, distress. Screaming and yelling. Yeah. Why? But what they do is, again, they're still in their mind, they're conceiving it. Mm. See, when, you, when your brain is conceiving something, you get desperate. You get extremely desperate, so at that point, all you want to do is escape from it. You don't care how mm. you do it. Just get rid of it. Mm. Yeah. So you may leave the child in a place. You may wrap it up, put it in a bag. or You just want to conceal it. That's mm. all you want. You just want it to go away, and you go on with your life thinking that it's okay. It's and gone. And it's not. <laughs> So we know children that have been found in garbage cans and in yeah. odd places. You know, because the um, baby was screaming. Yeah. And, and just there, for its own life. There are a lot of stories of that, and I I don't know if you heard the story of uh, the comedian Tommy Davidson uh, tells a story about how he was found in a garbage can. His Ooh. mother had given birth, and I guess had some mental health challenges or whatever, but. The woman who raised him found him in, you know, in a dumpster, uh, saw a little foot sticking out, and then discovered it was a baby. And, you know, from there, and she had, she had just had a daughter, but she she raised him uh, along with her daughter. It's like they were twins, you know, because they both were infants together and everything. Right. It's really, I mean, yeah. it's a heartbreaking story. And ultimately, you know, he did find his mother later in life, forgave her and all that sort of thing. I think that was on an issue of Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith. And uh, it was heartbreaking because you realize that there's so many women who are giving birth that may have, like you say, they're they're young, uh, 
afraid, got mental health issues, uh, panic, no family support, and they give birth, and they're trying to figure out, well, how do I get rid of it? So they throw it in, in the garbage and just say, okay, well, now it's gone. But this is a person. What happens if they get found and have a whole life? And, and at some point later in life, they And that happens in reality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you would think they would call, you know, the Department of Children Welfare or leave them at a hospital. Yeah. or No. Not often do they do this. Because the they fear don't. is, I don't want my parents Again, to found, find out I was pregnant. I just don't want no one to find out to know. that, that yeah. this has happened to me. I'm, I'm so consumed about what I feel that I'm not thinking about this life that I just gave birth to. So we we dive a little deeper, and you like, and you and when I was reading this, it was just like it just kept more and more and more, and I'm like, okay, uh, you know, because you don't study, you don't see it like we hear it on the news, but it's it's so much more behind the scenes than that. Yes. Yes. You know, there, there's there's a lot of behind the scenes. So I know we got one minute before break. I just want to kind of uh, share a little more light on this when it comes to uh, women that have uh, been found mentally ill. And you say it, one should have a mental illness to, to destroy a child's life in some type of way, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. most people would think, oh, that's, a, that's horrendous. How could how could you possibly hurt something so innocent? Mm. How could I mean what what was going through your mind? It's the fear of what happens if the child remains alive. Like you said, they're if they're suicidal, they don't want to leave a child behind to suffer or be abused, or if they're fearing some type of social condemnation or punitive measures even by parents if they're a young woman still living at home, you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. Um, It's fear that drives that kind of decision. Right. The major culprit is fear. And it's it's even – the uh, woman that has had a child and uh, she, her husband may be abusive and may think that she's cheating, but this baby is his baby, right? Mm -hmm. And she would then get rid of that child because of what her husband or the person in her life is thinking. Well, if I get rid of that, I can't let them know that I'm pregnant because they're going to think that I'm pregnant from this person and this is going to happen to me and I'm going to have to go through this with, with this person. And, and, and I, you know, trying to, this is the problem. It is yeah. the rational rationalizing. That, that may not be a word, but it's irrational. <laughs> <The> irrational <laughs> rationalizing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. But it makes so sense when you're not in your right mind. I want <laughs> That's true. When we come back from a break, I want to go through some more uh, uh, statistics when it comes to mental health uh, with women that take their children's lives. All right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach. These days, it's more important than ever to work on your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Are you consciously breathing deeply in stressful moments? Do you have a plan or daily routine to maintain balance in your awesome body? Are you struggling to be disciplined in your eating habits? When you partner with me, I'll help you develop a personalized health plan that works for your particular lifestyle. You can find out more about me at yourholisticlifecoach.com where you can also review my three-step protocol to guide you to abundant health. That's yourholisticlifecoach.com and I'm Viato. Are you in pain? Do you feel stuck? If you answered yes to any of these questions, help is available. Don't worry, you're not alone. It's part of the human process. You only feel this way because you haven't mastered the voices in your head. No hype, just down-to-earth, solid, workable tools and techniques that you can practice daily. It's really food for the soul. Whether you want to learn how not to worry about anything, reverse type 2 diabetes, publish a book, promote your product or service, or just make extra money. To take advantage of the deal of the day, go to zeldaspeaks.com or call 312-409-6619. Mention promo code The Female Solution and get free shipping. That's zeldaspeaks.com or 312-409-6619. Stop worrying today. Visit ZeldaSpeaks.com. Um, talk about uh, the relation 
43% had infanticidal ideation. Mm. 36% of these women engaged in some type of infanticidal behavior. Their behavior was associated with negative maternal reactions to separation, psychotic beliefs about the infant, and female sex of the infant. Ooh, yeah, that that's a that's a big cultural thing. You know, you have places where female babies are not valued, and so they tend to be subjected to more killings. Okay. Wow. Now, um, the highest rates of homicide was listed in the U.S., but emphasize is something different. Even though it's, it looks the same, mm-hmm. when you take your child's life, you take your child's life. Right. But it's the combination of things. Criminal, criminal, kind of like a, you would hear uh, a man or a woman that would take the spouse's life, then turn around and kill the children. Yes. And it could be school age, infants, it doesn't matter. Okay, that's what that's the difference between the culture of these statistics versus the US statistics. Mm. Because they are a collaborative of homicide with emphasize mm. all together. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's not just like with a mother that takes her child because of culture beliefs. There's no homicide right there. It's a difference. And what I also found out about this is the infanticidal laws in different countries. Different countries mm-hmm. don't often incarcerate the, the women that, that take their children's lives. They actually send them to uh, a mental health type of residence. Now, I have a question. U.S. U.S. doesn't do this. This is another country. Yeah, the U.S., it's criminal prosecution. Right. But I have a question, and I don't know if any of those statistics have followed this. During the time when China had the one-child-per-family policy, uh, it it was observed that a lot of female infants were killed, if not aborted, were perhaps killed in infancy because the family wanted to try again for a boy child, and since the family can only have one child per family, there were so many families that didn't want the female, even to the point where I think even today there's an extreme imbalance in China's population with so many males and an overabundance of males and a lesser availability of females because of that one child per family policy. I think they've abolished that policy just recently, but I think right. the younger childbearing generation now is the one who's seeing the results of that policy with an overabundance of, of, of young males and not enough females because that's what was happening. They, families were getting rid of the, the female child. Correct. Correct. And this and uh again US looks at it differently. Uh postpartum uh homicide uh is looked at differently than rather it is not the case. 
Mm-hmm. Like if the, when that when that mother just has given birth to that baby, and, and for some reason she takes that child's life, is looked at different when it comes to law. Mm. It's not the same. So it's not it's like not a homicide same. the way it would be say if the child was five years old or something like that. Correct. Right. Mm. So that being said, let me give you some statistics on that, which I found very interesting um, when it comes to infanticidal law. Infanticidal law often reduces the penalty for mothers who kill their children up to one year wow. of age. Wow. Based upon the principle that a woman who commits infanticide does so because the balance of her mind is disturbed by reasons of her not having fully recovered from the effects of giving birth to that child. Wow. Okay. The British Infanticide Act of 1922, which was amended in 1938, allows mothers to be charged with manslaughter rather than murder if they are suffering from a mental disturbance. The law was originally based on the outdated concept of lactational insanity. <laughs> lactational insanity. I hadn't heard that one. So when a, when a mother is lactating, she's supposedly not in her right mind? Is that what, is that what the belief is? That's was? what they're saying. Wow. Yes. That's, that's what they're saying. But the public's wow. desire to excuse sympathetic Women, because reluctance to alter the law after lactation on Sandy was discredited. That's what they wanted to do in Britain, but they they removed that. So, women convicted of infanticidal infanticidal often received probation Mm. and referral to mental health treatment rather than incarceration. Now, that's in Britain. That's not U.S. law. Right. Listen, this is this is way beyond. Uh, okay, approximately two dozen countries are currently having infanticidal law. Australia, Austria, Brazil, Canada, Colombia, Finland, Germany, Greece, Hong Kong, India. Italy, Japan, Korea, New England, Norway, Philippines, Sweden, Switzerland, Turkey, and United Kingdom. The majority of nations that have emphasized law have followed the British precedent and de- decreased the penalties for mothers killing children under one year old. However, the legal definition of emphasize varies among countries. The murder of children up to age 10 in New Zealand, they don't go to jail. They don't have any incarceration. No, they're referred to mental health institutions. You know, I mean, it's not funny, but, you know, I'm I'm thinking of this very common thing. That that is the, that is the. They're going back home. I mean, that's they're just they're like, visiting. Yeah. No, they're inside the residence. They're just told to go there. Yeah. That's the mandate on the court. Don't do it again. You have to go get counseling, go to a psychiatrist, 
and go back home. Because you're on probation. After you've killed your child. Up up to 10 years old, from one year from birth up to 10, New Zealand wow. will not incarcerate you. That, that's got to be a very frightening atmosphere for children. I don't know. I mean, I, I, look, I think about, and this is, you know, awful that many of us have had the experience of our parents saying things like, I brought you in this world, I can take you out. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, in some places that might not have, it might have been more than a figure of speech because in New Zealand they can't take you out and not see any serious consequences. So I'm just wondering how hostile some cultures may be to to motherhood, to children. I, I, there's a lot of things I look at. First of all, for the mother who kills her child out of fear that they will suffer hardship because she's young, she has no money, maybe no family support, she's fearing condemnation, fear of getting kicked out of the house, fear of starvation, whatever whatever fear is, she chooses to take the life of the child, then I would question the society and its absence of compassion for women and children, whereas you know that if you have this baby, you're not going to get any help, and you could suffer because you had this baby because you're going to be condemned. I mean, I think all the way back to you know, pre-biblical times, I guess, or or maybe during biblical times when if a woman was found to have sex outside of marriage, she could be stoned to death. So, you know, fear of of public condemnation and social ostracism, and that could be a real thing, and how bad could it be where a person would kill their child? So I think of that as a culture, and then those cultures where, you know, female children are not really valued because that can mean poverty. I don't have a son to work in the fields or whatever the thought is. So you have a lot of infanticide with that. Um, poverty situations. I don't know. Do people kill their children if they if they're under severe starvation? And you know what is that? Or do you have these kinds of killings that don't have anything to do with economics? Just the mental health of the parents. And what produced a state of mental health where you would kill a child, even though the child has done nothing other than annoy you with crying? I mean, I'm just wondering what produces that state of mind in each of those situations where the answer to whatever the problem is is let's just kill the child. I don't, I don't get it. Do they have some category? Well, that's that's what. Uh, yes, it's a variety of things, of, of factors of when a person would take a human life. That's that's theirs. This is your this is your human life. This is your child, someone that you, you carried, a soul that you carried for nine months in your womb as a mother. So what what happened to the mother's love? The mother's love is then. It's confused. It is uh, altered. You got the alter ego. Our uh, Monday host says this. Uh, Zelda, (laughs) uh, Grand Rising, beautiful queen teachers. What male energy came up with this insanity? Female energies will not do this. Men 
Amen. Okay, I need to understand what you're saying. You, you're saying that you believe that this was created by a male energy within that woman? Is that what you're saying? No. Or are you saying this is something... What is she saying exactly? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, men, I mean, women I did mean, this. Women women are making these choices now. Is it, are we saying now that? these are women. Yeah, these are women that are choices. killing their children. They're, they're not. So give me some clarity with that, Zelda. Are you saying that yeah. it's, because uh, we know that women have female and male energy inside of us. So I want, I want to have a good understanding. Are you saying that? The male energy in a female is causing the mother to do that. Is that what you're saying? Women influenced by men. Well, now, but, well, I've known. I mean, in some cases you're correct, but in other cases you're wrong. Because I've seen. I have to tell you. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's not all. It's now the statistics mm. that I found is. You know, again, we have many areas of where people would do statistics. I went to Pub, Pub Med Central because this is talking about more of the psychiatric uh, leaning towards some of the criminicide, oh, I say criminicide, <laughs> murder-side, you know, as well as emphasize murders in the U.S. Com- compared to universal, global, mm-hmm. Right now, there are women because that was one of the factors that are influenced by men in their relationships that would yes take their child's life, but that's not the only factor, my dear. There's way more. Way statistics done by men and women, yes. Yes, statistics done by men and women, but also uh, compared to the psychiatric association when these women, if they do survive without committing suicide, Mm -hmm. if they do survive, they ask and they inquire and they interview them. Okay, what level did you not uh, acknowledge that this was a human force of soul you know, what happened yeah. where your mind then left that presence? Now, I told you earlier before we went to break, I actually had a few patients that were in this category, mm-hmm. okay, which means they were trying to harm their child and attempt suicide, attempt suicide that did not, of course, go committed. Now, when we, I, myself, was talking to this mother, she said there was a moment of emotional numbness that came upon her. Now, this was prenatal, but also dealing with uh, after the fact of postpartum depression. Mm. Now, the postpartum depression, because this is what I'm talking about, Okay, I'm not talking about the mother that's already had a child. We got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, whatever. Okay, upon having the baby within the first 24 hours or the first, I would say, three months of pregnancy, the mind is altered by the 
rationally. Frontal lobe, right here, frontal lobe, okay, is where all your executive directors are when it comes to rational, logic, reasoning, like what makes sense, right? Okay, so this part was inoperable at the time due to the hormonal imbalances of serotonin, dopamine, you know, endorphins, neural uptakes, because the hormone imbalance from having the baby, so which then altered the ego processes in this woman. Okay, here we come with possibly if it's a psychotic, because there's different things on this now, okay? Post-pop depression, and, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist because I can't tell you anything about meds. I can only tell you when it comes to the counseling as well as the factors that make this true, right? Postpartum depression occurs, again, when there's an imbalance of hormones in this person. One. Second, when there is a non-acknowledgement of a life force. Now, think about that. If I'm not acknowledging this life force as being my own child, you know, a naturally nurture usually is innate, innate. That means that's something we all have as women to a point of rescue, love, nurture, right? Okay, if that is not present, what what's the other alternative? Numbness. That person's going to numbness, correct. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. so walk with me on this. When she said, she said, in that moment, I became emotionally numb and non-aware of my own self, my own being. Wow. So the innate of the nurturing process was absent. Mm-hmm. It don't take but a second to take a child's life, okay? You can do it in 45 seconds or less. Wow. This is what people are saying. The brain, the the mind, the mind is totally absent in that moment. Now, whether it comes back, let's say when the person, if if they survive, because if they're suicide, if they if they commit suicide, the world would never know, right? Right. But if they survive after the fact of taking the child's life, what happens is the frontal lobe then comes to a rationale. Right? So now you you are here, people are questioning you, you're talking about it, and you're like, oh, my God, what, what have I did done? I do? <laughs> wow. You see what I'm saying? Wow. And then after that, it's too late. It's already done. Yeah. I, I got a question. I, I know we got to take a break, uh, but maybe when we come back, we can uh, answer the question about the 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 hormonal imbalance and is that something that has always been happening in women, or is it something that we're not eating, something that's missing in our diet that causes this extreme hormonal imbalance? I mean, we've been giving babies forever, but I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if this infanticide uh, situation, if that's something that the increase of it is fairly recent, maybe based on some dietary issues or uh Jody says parasites will do that too. 
I'm wondering if there's some in the brain. Yes, if, if there's something that we're doing that's creating maybe uh, more more parasites, more uh, you know something that wasn't present in us maybe centuries ago that we're doing now that's creating this level of mental illness because of the hormone imbalance. That's 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 my question. We got to take a break and we got a we got a caller on the line we can take after as well. And of course, if you're listening online, we want you to join this conversation. Give us a call 515-605-9325. Press 1 and you're ready to ask a question for Dr. Debbie Green. This is a serious situation we're facing today. So, give us your thoughts. And we'll be right back. After this quick break, so stay with us. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your body and your cells feel rejuvenated each day through proper nutrition, sleep, frequency medicine, and many unconventional methods of self-care. I'm Jody Susan. Join me and my amazing guests by calling in at 515 515- Six zero five nine three two five and press one to speak. We'll help you achieve a breakthrough in your health today. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking, stimulating, and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the mindfulness slash stress relief coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the mindfulness moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of mindfulness on higher learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. to Soulful Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn you into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in the darkest hour. This is your time to learn strategies and solutions to improve your life. It's your time. So join Dr. Debbie Green with Soulful Solutions and call in on Thursday at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at 515-605-9325 with comments and questions. Look to hear from you real soon. My name 
name is Dr. Debbie Green, with my wonderful co-host, Naima Latif, our executive producer of the Female Solution. If you're just joining us at the top of the hour, our topic is real sensitive to my heart, as I said before, uh, talking about maternal uh, suicide. Uh, where, why would a mother take her child's life? Oh, we went over several, several factors of those things, and uh, we had different, uh, you know, ideals of what would happen and so many different factors. Uh, Jody feels that it's parasites in the brain or in the body, definitely, um, you know, <laughs> Hey, it's a possibility. Nothing is left unturned. No stone, trust me, is left unturned. But we know this. This is very accurate because it's happening as as we speak. U.S. The U.S. Uh, statistical rates of of homicide uh, deaths when it comes to children from birth all the way up to school age years is at its highest level. Forty three percent. Wow. At its highest levels, and it's happening at this very moment. And the thing about this is, uh, the U.S. does not have anything in place to prevent any of these things from happening. And the thing about this is, we have the Department of Children's Welfare, where okay, a, a woman will, if someone calls in, uh, school system, doctor's office. Any any place that says, um, I believe there's a problem with this person that's going through some type of postpartum depression. Okay, that's just one factor. Postpartum depression or if they are mentally ill, um, maybe not treated or not taking their medication. Um, and then they also notice neglect. You know, school systems can know the neglect of the child, the way the child is dressed, yeah. or, or the way the child is no acting, um, and then they will go and investigate. They may find something there. Now, how many of those have fell through the cracks? God knows. A it's a whole lot of them, okay? That's a whole nother show for another yes. day. Yes. Uh, to know that, you know, that the Department of Children where they <laughs> are not Dr. Debbie Green regarding mothers who kill their children. Questions on that topic. And area code 312632. Your mic is open. Give us your name and your question on this topic. Admiral Nelson Bay. You know, there are wise men who have a kind of spiritual jurisdiction that is needed to be invoked in a very powerful way. The um, COVID-19 pandemic has subsided, but the um, overall intentionality underlying it um, still exists. And the point is that Um, jurisprudence itself 
has to change in the light of human physiology and other medical uh, aspects of chemistry, which German New Medicine has identified as mathematically quantifiable in a way that is utterly undeniable. Um, In other words, I'm a self-described medical astrologist at the apex of German New Medicine. And I understand human physiology, and I understand the chemistry of hormonal, um, whether it be uh, testicular or ovarian, um, the hormonal imbalance that can cause people to be other than themselves. Uh, to your point, and so the society itself must needs be such that what is institutionalized is how it is that um, everyone in an extended family has some responsibility for proper child rearing from birth and even prenatally. And uh, when this is better understood, we will um, eradicate the tragedy of um, infanticide. Mm. Well, thank you for for that observation. And, you know, if there was a way to strengthen families where, uh, especially in that demographic that you mentioned, Dr. Debbie, the, the young pregnant Female. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. someone made a comment on on a show some time back about how we've become too accepting of these single mothers and young single mothers, and now we've got this epidemic of of young single unmarried women uh, struggling with children, the whole welfare mother syndrome. But what is the alternative mm-hmm. to do what we've been doing: condemning, shaming? Um, a lot of young girls would be sent sent down south to grandma or whatever uh, to have the baby, so nobody knew she was pregnant. And she'd come back, and uh, and a lot of a lot of families did that. But was that helpful? So, you know, when we look at at what precipitates that that response, you know, is it a hormonal imbalance because of the stress? Uh, Conditions. I know he mentioned German New Medicine, which deals with a lot of the emotional factors that create a a physical mm-hmm. response. So, if we remove the condemnation of people for having sex and and women getting pregnant, if we remove that, then we need to also add the family support, which is what she's fearing she won't get if she has the baby. But how do you do that if people are condemning people for being sexually active and they're not ready to be, they're not emotionally ready to be parents and maybe they're not even involved in a relationship that's stable? You know, how, in other words, how do we, how do we stop the killing of children? How do we get to the root of it 
even before it gets to the point where the social factors create such emotional distress that it leads to the the <clears throat> the, the hormonal imbalance, the, the psychological imbalance, the mental illness that leads them to make those kind of death decisions. I think uh, education uh, is lacking in this area, okay? Um, there's so many different factors of why families are not effective because you got to remember, the child is having a baby, since you're referring to this uh, particular uh, area, the child is having the baby, and I say it's a child because she can even be anywhere between 12 and 17 years old. She's built as an adolescent child that's having the baby does not have the maturity enough to understand what has happened to her. You see what I'm saying? She made the, the, the choice to have sex, but the thing about this is the, the after effects of this is, is the issue. Now, if the child was actually nurtured appropriately, which is that if she was educated and not prejudged, you know, prior to all of this, because a, a person can feel prejudged. Okay, sex is, is a natural thing, right? And the thing about this is, but if a person uh, is not, especially adolescents, if they're not informed what sex can do and what it's for and what it can cause, not making it as a shameful thing, something that's horrible or unclean, but look at the purity of it and educate. Children need to be educated in school systems. They need to be educated by their, by their parents. And if, they, if their parents don't know, then we as a society should educate our children. Now, truth be told, there is a sex class, okay? They call it, uh, it was in your geographical book, a biological book, mm-hmm. you know, when you in grade school, looking at sexual organs and what they're yeah. for and all these things, but apply that to life, right. okay? We have to apply it to life. So what what happens when you decide to have sex not knowing that you can conceive a child with unprotected sex or even say sex was protected? Maybe the condom might have broken and you still might have had this. Now, it even goes deeper than this, okay? What a about uh, what, what about a child that was pregnant from his father? That happens too. You have incest. You have situations where right, but uh, then no one, no one. She doesn't want anyone to know. Yeah, that's more common than we'd like to believe. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is global. This is you, yeah. United States, global, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So then, because of the shame, the guilt the anger, the frustration, definitely, okay, that is the reason that person is taking the child. Get rid of the evidence. Now, is it rational? No, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's so many different factors. We can go on and on and on because it's it's a collaborative of compounded Mm. issues on top of issues. issues. On top of an issue that is so prevalent today to the point where my question to the world is, you know, what about the children? What about who's protecting the children? 
Who's protecting the children? How do you get children? No one. Yeah, how do you get children out of a home that is abusive and and potentially deadly when there's so many children that get put into foster homes that are just as abusive and deadly, you know, and you have, no one's I mean, protecting children. How, how, right. No we're, one's protecting children. That's, a, yeah. that's all I have to say. It takes a community to raise one, but it takes a community to protect one. Right, and that's not what's happening. You see what I'm saying? So that's not, that's not happening. So what I wanted to do before, because I know our time is limited, I wanted to also talk about some preventive, okay? Mm. Yeah, we've got How another you caller know? if you're uh, going to take the caller. We'll, we'll, we'll go to that and we take another caller that we have on. on okay. Us. How do you know if the child is in danger just by the mother? Now, of course, the father could be, uh, you know, a perpetrator as well. He could be psychotic. We know that to be true. Mm. We've seen fathers take the gun, kill their mother, kill all the children yeah. and himself. Okay. So you see how condensed this is? But, again, no one's protecting the children. How do you know? What signs do you look for if this is happening? What signs? Mm. Well, let me give you some. You have a family on the block. Just, okay, for example, right? Mm. Have a family on the block, and every now and then you see the children come outside to play, Normally, like any other, you know, family. But just lately here, you haven't been seeing little Bobby a little too outside. Matter of fact, you haven't seen hardly anyone come in and out of the house for about a month. Okay, you see the cars in the driveway, but ain't nothing moving. Mm. Okay, so most people usually, oh, let me mind my business. You know, because, I mean, they don't they don't think about anything of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. Now, this is just the outside external preventive stuff. This ain't got nothing to do with the internal stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Outside, you know, we need to pay attention to our communities next door. And we often hear this story all the time. Oh, they seem like such normal people. Yeah. I saw them They're every quiet. once in a while. The little kids who were playing. You know, we hear that story all the time. time. And you say, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, you are. Mm. Yes, you are. No, I'm not asking you to go knock on the door and say, what y'all doing in there? But you need to pay attention (laughs) to what's around you. Yeah, if things don't look... uh, If it don't look, something's wrong. And, you know, you can do a well check. Let me tell you something. If you just do a well check, you have to give your name to do a well check. Call your local sheriff department and say, excuse me, you know, I just want to let you know, uh, can I order a well check on blah, 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 blah? You know, you know, they will ask you your name, but they will hold that in confidence. They're not going to go and say, well, so-and-so so sent me to you because mm. that's a well check. Right. A well check is where the police will lock on the door and, and then no one comes that. to that door. Then they can open all right? the door. They would do a walk around that house if they can, if it's not an apartment, or they would even ask the next door neighbor, have you seen your neighbors lately? Mm. You know, okay. uh, we did have a situation if somebody does, like this. Or they would ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. We had a situation well, in, in a house where I used to live, uh, an elderly woman, and she didn't have, you know, her children didn't live 
anywhere near I'm sure I told the story before. I won't take too long to tell it. But, you know, of course, to make a long story short, she had been dead in there for three weeks. And someone finally yeah. called police and said, wait a minute, we're st- we got this foul odor coming down the block. What is it? And someone thought, you know, I haven't seen her coming out of her house for, like, you know, a couple of months now. And when they went to check, yes, yeah, she was in there deceased. And so you do, and when, when you haven't seen somebody in a long time, maybe they're living alone or whatever, or you haven't seen the children come out of the house and it's nice weather and you haven't seen the children yeah. in a long time, yeah, you may want to check. Yeah. yeah. I'd say a month. I'd say if you if you haven't seen any activity and you see cars not moving in mm-hmm. the month, you need to order a well check. Order the well check. Do a, It's called mandatory reporting. Ah. Mandatory reporting. You can do this. You don't have to go knock on nobody's door. Have the police to do it. Yeah. We do it all the time at the hospital. When somebody just ends up missing and they haven't called us, We'll send someone out to knock mm. on that door just to say, if that person comes to the door, oh, no, we'll, okay, okay, fine. But then if the police, they, they are trained to notice something that's out of order. Mm. If they notice a particular smell, if they yeah. notice, because we know that people will kill children, people, and hide them in their houses. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying, mandatory reporting. That's no one. All you, all 50 states in the U.S. have mandatory reporting laws for professionals like me, mm-hmm. right? For people, when we have mandatory reporting laws, it's a duty to protect. That's what it's called. Mandatory. But if we hear someone speaking about, you know, hurting their children or any type of way of that nature, that's a mandated reporting law that we have to abide by. Mm. We have to call the Department of Children's Welfare, or we have to, again, order a well check to come to that home. Wow. Mm. So we can take that call if you Okay, want. let me open the mic. Uh, area code 706202. Your mic is open. Introduce yourself to our listening and viewing audience and give us your question or comment for Dr. Debbie Green. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Naima and Grand Rising, Sister Debbie Green, Dr. Debbie Green. You know, I can relate to your topic because I had a granddaughter that was in college in Southern Illinois, and her and her boyfriend, she wound up pregnant, and they broke up, and she had my great-grandson, and the relationship went south, and she got mad and got in the car, and she tried to kill herself running down the expressway, and so they finally stopped her before she really wrecked the car and, and hurt the child. But the state took it away from her, and she had to go through counseling. She had to go through all of the things, and it wound up that eventually the my grandson, great-grandson had to go to the father, and the father's mother is now raising him. And so you have these situations where my granddaughter did not know how to deal with the pressures of breaking up and having to be a, a single mom because of all the promises that were made in their relationship. So the part that we're looking at, and you, you said it too, in that the education, because you're looking at a adolescence, you add lessons 
and my daughter, you know, she was a single mom with her. And so you're looking at this, this whole scenario of things that create this mental illness of this, I'm not good enough, I don't, I don't need to live, I don't want to live, is because a lack of self-love. And then to have a child for the purpose of thinking to trap this person, and Correct. this happens quite often, and that the young lady will see that, okay, if I have his baby, then he will he will be with me. But that's not the part because the lessons were not given to her at a young age when she was a girl coming into being a woman. And these are the parts of what we call kitchen table universities, those aunties, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, sitting down and having those talks with the young lady because now I saw her when I came up there, you know, she brought my great-grandson up there to see them, and now she's working and finally got herself back together, and she has the child on, on on a visitation basis because she's still having to go through counseling and to get her approval from the state to say that he can come back to her and be raised with her. So these are the parts we're looking at is when we talk about it takes the whole village, you know, and the part of having the whole village is grandpa had to, to, to turn around and step in and say, you know, you, you, you're more worthy than what you think and that you have, and you haven't done anything wrong because that was the guilt that she carried thinking that if I do this, I'll have this. That does not always be the end result. So the part for her was is that she had the family stepped in and everybody began to invite her to, to the different functionings and doing the wellness check on her. And so she's working Mm -hmm. now. She's still, you know, got a car, and she's living in her own apartment, and she's still having visitations with her son. So it's looking at how did we get this. And the other part, you're talking about a wellness check. The part that has to happen is people, educators, should have guidance, and there's counseling should be in the school system to say that if you don't see the child in school, Truancy is one way in which you get investigated. But looking at that child come in every day and you see the child was out outward and really active and friendly, and then all of a sudden they shut down, those are signs that something's going on with that child. Something has happened to that child to where it's mm-hmm. changed its personality. Right. So the part of having right. teacher awareness to be able to see what those children are are reacting and how they react because mm-hmm. they're with the child more so than the parent because you're in school more than you're at home until the yeah. summer. And so it's being able to have those people in place, part of the village, those ones that are educating our children and are they really concerned with our children because – a lot of children fall through the cracks, and and the teachers are right there. It's not to blame mm-hmm. the teacher, but it's the That's part right. of being having the people in place to have the awareness to make that wellness check. 
that woman seeing that girl in, in, in these ways and pull her to the side and talk to her. And the same thing goes with young men because just as you have young ladies abused, you have young boys abused. And so we have to have awareness in how we as a people, because the the psychological effects of what how they look and, and evaluate European children and Hispanic it's a difference in our community. So we have to have the know-all to say that this psychological effect is is different from what happens. The abuse happens worldwide, but it's being able to be aware of your your children because those are our children. As we said, it takes a whole village. So being that, that, that person that's standing in front of the class or that person that has interaction with that child should be aware. And also, you need to have friend communication. It's nothing wrong but to say that, you know, my, my friend, she's, she's not the same and something's wrong with her. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and, and adults need to pay attention when someone is trying to alert them that they see something that's not right with one of their friends. You know, if, you're, if your child is telling you something about their friend, then be a parent who investigates. Don't look at it like, oh, that's none of our business. Yeah, it is. We're a village. We have to be. Who else is going to look out for the well-being of our children? Yeah, we got to take our last break. Uh, thanks so much, Baba Kwame. We appreciate your input as always, and definitely everybody yes. needs to, to be um, aware and paying attention and offer help when you can. If you've got a, a family member that you can see that they're under stress with their child and their, their personal relationship situation, offer to babysit sometimes. You know, give them a break. This maybe. Just that one thing that gives them some time away from the child or the children so they can get their mind back together, That you never know. That might be a life-saving decision. We're going to take this last break, and we'll be right back. And if you're listening yes. online and want to join this conversation, give us a call, 515-605-9325. Press 1. Throw on our switchboard now and haven't spoken yet. Press 1, and we'll be right back after this break. So stick and stay. Don't stray away. We'll be back after this quick message, so stay with us. Hi, I'm Mama Joy. And I'm Reverend Rosemary. Join us every second Saturday of the month, 12 noon to 2 p.m. Central Time. Here on the Female Solutions Global Radio TV Show for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light. So call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak to the host. You can also join us live on the Female Solutions Facebook page and YouTube channel. We'll see you on the second Saturday on the Neighborship of Joy. Oh, man. 
God sent the monthly sun bill today. This sunlight is really expensive, especially during this season. I'll probably have to work overtime to pay it. Well, you better pay it on time. We don't want the sun to go out and we're sitting up here all day in the dark. Wouldn't it be terrible if God charged us for sunlight? Well, thank God, the light and heat from the sun is free. So why are we paying such high bills for the energy we use in our homes? Because we don't know how to use solar energy, the free energy from the sun. You can convert your regular home to a solar energy home and save tremendously on your electric bill. Take a look at your electric bill. Wouldn't you like to reduce or possibly even eliminate that cost altogether? Let one of our solar consultants show you how. Call today, 312-849-3456, and schedule a free consultation. That's 312-849-3456. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your Holistic Life Coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on The Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. for a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibrations. Shalom. Okay, the cars are all gone. Okay, they on vacation. 
All you have to do is be, like I said, just report it because you could save a life. But those women that are going through postpartum depression, take a moment for yourself. That's important. Find find a way. I don't care. Hire a babysitter. Whatever you have to do just to get some respite, and respite is just what it is. That means I need some away time. You know, my my youngest daughter went through postpartum depression, mm-hmm. and and the way she described it, she's like, you know, I just feel so overwhelmed. I don't wow. know what to do. Wow. You know, and I and I told her, I said. It is because of the hormonal imbalances that that that's happening within you right now. I said, but what you need to do. So I did. I had to go down there, well up there because she's in a in upstate. Yeah. I had to go up there and I had to literally give her some, you know, much needed love, guidance, and give her a break, you know, because this yeah. was her first baby. Yeah. And um, I and I. Explain to her, these are the feelings that you're going to have, and this is what you do with those feelings. This is, this is how you are able to do that. And let's, let's talk to your doctor, maybe get a mild antidepressant you know, just for a little while that's going to help you balance out. And then if you continue to have these efflux you know, and, uh, you know, in your emotions, then we definitely want to go and get you checked hormonally. Because mm-hmm. that's what the before a person, I always tell women this, before you just think that you're depressed, check your hormones first. Check your hormones. Because if your hormones are not balanced, you will feel a shift in your emotions mm-hmm. and in your mood. Yes. And also your energy level, your hormones. Once you rule that out and it's not a medical or hormonal issue, then you can then start looking uh, to get some psychiatric help. But always check your hormones mm. and your vitamin D. Mm. Vitamin D, if, if you're lacking vitamin D, it can also give you bouts of depression if you wow. have a very, if you have a deficiency and in you vitamin D. A lot of women don't realize uh that they become deficient in vitamin D as a result of pregnancy because, I mean, the the, the right. baby is taking yeah. that from you, building bone and everything else with that. And so that means if you're not if you're not increasing your vitamin D, then you are going to be deficient, which is a lot, a lot of times uh, women end up with a lot of uh, physical deficiencies after a pregnancy if they didn't get the proper vitamins and nutrients. And like you were talking about the young woman who hides the pregnancy, well, if you don't have a doctor that is mm-hmm. monitoring you and helping you to see that you're, you're not eating balanced meals or not getting certain vitamins, then you're going to give birth and have all of this depleted uh, vitamins inside of you, which, of course, will lead to depression and you know, the postpartum right. depression and all of that, which could lead eating to... Eating correctly. Yeah. Yes, eating correctly, eating as clean as you can, yeah. uh, eating correctly, and also meditating, really helping yourself get the balance that you need, uh, the proper sleep, all of those are factors in just feeling good and making your best decisions. Because if those are, if you're imbalanced, you're going to make unwise decisions. 
situation if you're in balance. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. And that's a, because you're more impulsive than you are anything else. Right, right. Uh, we've got another caller on the line. Uh, I guess we've got a minute to take a caller. Okay, you okay. can go right ahead. All right, we're opening a mic for three one two eight eight two questions for Dr. Debbie Green regarding mothers who kill their children. How can we help? Give us your uh, name and where you're calling from, and your question or comment for Dr. Debbie Green on this topic. Thank you, Rayo and Yashalom. Who are we? Don't die. We multiply. <laughs> Life is beautiful as you are a superstar, and thank God for the female solution, and especially you, Dr. Debbie Green. I, I got you on my smartphone, you know, doing your, doing your, uh, uh, you know, uh, information, which is a, a key to success. And I thank God that you and uh, Sister Naima and and all the female solution is really a part of the solution because life is, and this is Brother Plump, uh, Robert Floyd Plump, Chicago, Illinois. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. So uh, I know that you all are part, and I was just discussing it with one of my comrades, you're part of the solution and encouraging him to always, and that's uh, AMG Peace Guide. You know, to keep in touch yeah. with you all because, uh, you know, it do take, as one of the brothers uh, mentioned, to uh, 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 it takes a whole village to raise one child. See, and no one can raise a kid. The kid is the rebellious beast uh, that comes in uh, children. And, see, we all should participate and help save the children because that is the fruit of the land, and God put the children here with us as a part of the master plan so we can continue our legacy, so we can continue our history and our culture and our heritage. And also, i just like to mention today uh, we want to invite Chicago out to participate with the Harold Washington Foundation and the well, Million Man March. Let me ask this question, uh, Minister Plum, yeah. uh, was said earlier about uh, this kind of violence not being female energy and it's more male energy. Have you ever encountered a woman uh, or, you know, daughters maybe or, or sisters that uh, perhaps reacted violently when their child cried or they seemed like they were so overwhelmed? Have you ever seen that as, uh, you know, an uncle, a father, or, uh, yes. you know, your family? Yes. Okay, yes. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, you know, matter of fact, I've uh, observed it in my family, you know, and I know that it's a problem, you know, as I mentioned, it's either you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And the solution is always God, you know, first, last, and foremost. So, you know, the Hell Washington Foundation is against all violence. You know, we're yeah. against the war, war within yourself, as well as in anybody else. So yeah. uh, it's important. Uh, we appreciate all the work that you do. And uh, Dr. Deb is going to give us a few more uh, points on how to recognize if there's somebody in your uh, surroundings 
surroundings that might need you to step in as that uncle or that brother uh, or that father when uh, you see that the mother is in emotional distress and overwhelmed and, you know, maybe maybe reacting a little too harshly to a child that's crying. Maybe she just needs a break. So so our brothers need to be aware of that and step in. So, you know, what are, what are some other Absolutely. signs that people should look for, Dr. Debbie? Um, spontaneously and impulsive behavior, uh, such as, um, of course, like uh, I think uh, the last caller was talking. I hear an echo. Hello? Are you there? Okay. Um, like the last caller was talking about his granddaughter uh, putting his, the grandson in the car mm-hmm. and um, then driving, you know, very recklessly. Yeah. Now, prior to all of that, prior to all of that, there had to have been some type of signs or symptomatic, uh, you know, disorders or something to let someone know that this young lady was in crisis. Sometimes we miss it because... We, again, because it's sometimes it's real silent. It doesn't always have a loud voice. But the actions of that human being, that's what you pay attention to. Isolation, stop communicating, um, bouts of silence when they were talking, but they're no longer speaking. You see what I'm saying? They could be living in your home and they're living close to you. Um, isolating to rooms, not eating properly, getting up in the middle of the night constantly wondering, not sleeping properly, missing, missing, which means if you hardly ever see them and they're not communicating where they are, but they, you hardly ever see them, they're not there, they're moving about and they may, um, like, you know, not be communicating and say, hey, I'm going to whoever, whenever, or however, not saying they have to always tell you their business, but at least have an idea if this person, because you know them to be an open, communicative type of individual. So if there's any change of course of action abruptly, that's when you start noticing, okay, something's not, something's out of order. And the way you come to this person, you don't just come and say, what's going on with you? No, you let them, you come out of love. You know, I just want to let you know I'm concerned, and I want to know, do you need me for anything? Mm. Is there any way I can help you? You know, yeah. don't talk about what you think you know. Never assume okay. or prejudge anything of that nature. I just noticed that you've been talking to, you know, Shelly abruptly, so what's wrong with you? No, you don't mm. want to do it that way. You you come out of a point of love, right? Ah. I just want to let you know I'm here for you. If you need to, if you need to talk, please know that I'm here for you. I love you. I'm concerned about you and the child. Not just focusing on the child, because that's what grandparents do. They just focus on the child, but not on the mother that's going, that's actually has Under the child. Stress. Yeah. So and, and, let's, yeah. Let's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because a lot of times the mother might feel like. Uh, Sometimes if you say something critical to the mother, the mother may get defensive. Like, are you trying to say I'm not a good mother? You know, that kind of thing. But you might notice that the mother is reacting very harshly or abruptly or 
very short-tempered, and you want to call her attention to it, but like you're saying, if you do it in a way that's accusatory or seeming to be critical, then you get resentment, you know, and defensiveness, which doesn't help because then that could cause a backlash at the child. (laughs) So we have to really be uh, sensitive when intervening in the life of a child to a parent that is not at their best mental or emotional state so that we don't Mm -hmm. agitate the situation and cause the parent to react even more harshly at the child. Correct. Absolutely. So noticing the changes. Notice it. Don't don't act like oh that may not be nothing. No, just notice the changes when you see a pattern of change. Patterns of change are like two weeks are better. Okay, mm. two weeks are better. That's when you start notice. That's when you may you may need to be concerned. The person's living with you. You need to be concerned. Person living next door to you. You need to be concerned. You can save a life. You, you be some, you know, sometimes we do have to step out of our little comfort zone so we can save someone else's life. Yeah. If you can save one, you save a lot, a lot of lives. One can save a, a thousand generations. But if that child doesn't survive, you never know what it will be. That's right. That's right. So just be encouraged. I would also talk about really quick my latest project is called Rise, Reaching Inward for Spiritual Empowerment. That's actually launching on November 11th. Everything is ready for that. What that is is an online platform for anyone that's going through crisis, whether it's mental or emotional, or anywhere you find yourself. You say, hey, I just need to get a deeper in contact within myself. I want to be greater. I want to be able to deal with my issues where I will be able to make the best solutions for my life for my life, not just for your family's life, but for your life. I call it going to the highest self. Again, uh, the launch is going to be November 11th. You will see it on social media, on every aspect. Um, if you're local, which means in the, in the state of Georgia, in Atlanta, I'm going to have a launch party event. I'm going to actually send out invitations. And if you want to attend, it will be greatly appreciated. Uh, because we are in the business of saving lives, okay? And that's that's on, what it is, uh, saving 11, lives every gonna, day. Yeah. Every Saturday, day. Right? And we, we should be able to do that. We yeah. should be able to save someone's life. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that's something we all need to do. Because yeah. somebody may be trying to save your own. Are you noticing? Absolutely. Are Absolutely. you noticing? Let them do it. Don't yeah. fight them. Don't act yeah. like it's not there. Allow yourself Ooh. to be helped, please. Yes. Allow yourself to be helped, please. Allow yourself to be helped. If you are a little bit short-tempered and someone tries to intervene, pay attention. They may see something that you're overlooking, and maybe you're at the breaking point. Domestic violence, they see the all of that, family violence, before it even gets there, allow yourself to be helped. If you don't know what to do, tell somebody. I don't care who you tell. Tell someone. Someone can give you some advice to help you. 
to help you. And it doesn't always have to be family. Tell a stranger. Say, hey, I'm going through this. I need I need something. I don't know how to get out of it. Don't right. get to the point where they call desperate measures because you can't think when you're desperate. You only react in in, in off of impulse. And there are, there is a solution. There's always, always a solution. Yes. There's always a solution. Well, we certainly do appreciate all of you who have called in and shared your experiences. And just keep your eyes open. You know families, you've seen, um, maybe you've seen it even in the grocery store or on a public transportation. It's risk. Sometimes it's risky getting involved and saying something, but you never know. A kind word might help calm somebody down just as they're about to slap the child that's crying because they're at their wit's end. And you never know when people have reached a breaking point and are ready to end it all for themselves and everybody else in the family. And we don't want to yes. happen. So are there are there hotline numbers that people can call if they are in distress? I well, think, I think um, is there a suicide Georgia, hotline or national? National, yeah, national. I have, I have national hotlines. Hmm. Well, I know there's GCAL here, which is uh, I'm in Georgia, but mm-hmm. that's not. Uh, I don't know if there is there one in Chicago, a national hotline in, I, I believe, in Chicago. I believe there is a national. Uh, I think it's an eight 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 number. Let me see if I see a national hotline. Uh, and you know, people are 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 nine eight eight is the, okay. the number. The crisis hotline. Uh, like 911 is for emergencies. 988 is for mm-hmm. the suicide hotline, and it's available 24 hours a day. Languages English and Spanish. So um, we probably need to get more languages too, since as you mentioned, this is absolutely this is a global yeah. There's thing. another one here too. It's uh this this is a, a mental health U.S. hotline. One eight hundred two seven three talk which is our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com 
forward slash the dash female dash solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash the female solution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Jared, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessing.